But there's a thing, and the raps have shown us this throughout the decade. Just that continu continuity, staying together, um, really improves the team. And I think that really does, um, that is really the case for teams like the Pacers and the Utah Jazz. Hello and welcome to the Christmas episode of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host TV. Hope you're having a happy holidays, staying inside, you know, staying safe with your family. Hope you all having are having a fantastic Christmas, holidays, whatever you're celebrating. And just thank you for joining me here today, um, watching or listening to this podcast. Hope you all are doing well. But before we start today's episode... I have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. That would be highly appreciated. And for all the podcast listeners, remember to subscribe and leave a review if you're on Apple. And as for the Spotify, Anchor, Podbean listeners, continue to show your support in whatever way possible. I really do appreciate it. We are reaching 2,000 listens very soon. Thank you guys so much for the additional support. And yeah, I'm just excited. You know, Christmas, there's some, going to be some great Christmas Day games if you're listening to this on Christmas. And I'm just really excited for the games that are happening today and just being able to spend time with some family. Yeah, so I have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about some Houston Rockets news, of course. And we're going to just have some holiday-themed um, segments here today, which is going to be really, really exciting. So yeah. A great show lineup for you today, so sit back, relax, drink some eggnog, have some milk and cookies, and let's get right into this episode. We're going to start off with the Rockets, um, some Rockets news, because two days ago, if you're um, from, this being, from this being released, the Houston Rockets and the Thunder game had to be postponed. And that was because the Rockets did not have enough players to play, because they all, because quite a number of them came into contact with some COVID cases. One of them being James Harden, and he the reason why he couldn't play was because there was video of him caught in the club um, at some sort of party without a mask, sitting down with, you know, the venue being with over 15 people and such, and he had to set out the game, and I think he is quarantining till um, Friday, which is today. And then there was another, um, is another issue with Kevin Martin Jr., a rookie of theirs, John Wall and Boogie Cousins going out for haircuts together, and they came into contact with a COVID case. So they weren't able to play, even though they tested negative. So that led to the Houston Rockets missing out on, I think, having half their roster and not being able to play. And they had to reschedule this match, which is highly unfortunate, but this is like maybe the start of um, something like of more games being postponed in the future. And I think the NBA, especially with the James Harden thing, we're not going to go too much into Kmart, um, John Wall, and Boogie because those sort of things happen. They test a negative. Um, hopefully, they can just do better. But with James Harden, this has been going on for so long at this point. And I think the NBA is being way too lenient on it. The only sort of um, punishment he's been getting was a $50,000 fine. And that's nothing to an NBA player, especially with James Harden having one of the biggest contracts in the NBA. I mean, in if you want to put things into into perspective, two weeks ago when he was at Lil Baby's birthday party, he gifted him a hundred k 
that was a gift and you are are um finding him 50 come on that's nothing to him you're going to the nba is going to has to put their foot down in terms of the situation because not only is james harden um going out to clubs he's being caught in 4k <laughs> i mean you could see clearly it's him you could see him clearly um going against the violations and i think if you're not um hard on enough on him this is just going to open doors for players to take these type of risks and make it even like make it more possible for more cases to come in i think a good start for james harden would maybe be a two game suspension maybe just to start off just so you can like put your foot down and show that look we do not tolerate this type of behavior and stuff like that and you know maybe that could show a lesson to the rest, the rest of the rest of the league because this is just not a good look the only problem is with james harden is that he wants to leave so maybe him sitting out two games is not bad for him but it's also going to be taken away from his paycheck so that um would probably be interesting but yeah at the same time i just wish the nba would like just handle this a bit better because james harden has been really taking advantage of the situation you know we know he wants out he's been expanding his list further and more i mean i think to the day i'm recording this which is thursday he expanded his list to the boston celtics and the portland trailblazers to the portland trailblazers which is really interesting but at the same time this is just not a way to go about it and the nba really needs to put the foot down on this so hopefully they have some sort of like better punishment for james harden because i just don't want like more of these cases like popping up and I think, like, one, this has opened the door already to the Rockets organization. And I just don't want, like, any of these, like, other players from other, from other teams, you know, seeing it's like, oh, this is all we're getting fined and punished for. Maybe I can go here or there and maybe it wouldn't be that bad. But I just don't want that to happen. I just really want to get this NBA season done. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can get this game done. But this, but in terms of the James Harden situation, I, I want the NBA to do better with this so, because I just think they really are just not doing enough they should be doing more it's my main point here so hopefully they do better but um but i just want NBA basketball to stay on the court to be honest and just have things continue to move smoothly we got that news out the way let's go on to some of these christmas segments because i'm in the christmas mood i'm wearing my raptors christmas sweater so let's get like right into this because there's been a lot of things happening throughout the nba especially with like most of their teams besides the Thunder and Rockets playing their first games. I just want to see, I just want to like just talk about some of the, my first impressions. And we're going to be doing this in a segment called Naughty and Nice. So I'm going to go through some things. It's basically like an overreaction after one game. But I'm going to be talking about kind of like who I see is going to be on the nice list so far this season and who's been on the naughty list. So I have some topics here I'm going to be talking about. And this is not just the only, um, um, Christmas top sort of related topic I'm going to do. There's some other things I'm going to be doing, and yeah, this is going to be really fun. So let's get right into this. So the first person I have on my nice list, on TV's nice list, is Chris Paul. Because in his, in his first game with the Phoenix Suns, they took down the Dallas Mavericks, winning 126-122. to But the problem is, if you look at Chris Paul's stats, only 8 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and you're like, top TV. How is that enough to like put him on the nice list? But if you just watch the game, even just watch the highlights of the fourth quarter, he just makes the Suns feel different. 
honestly, I was watching a game, and although Chris Paul wasn't like didn't have like amazing stats and stuff, he you could just tell he opens opportunities for so many players on that team. Devin Booker had a really good fourth quarter, and then you see players like Mikael Bridges who had 18 points, Cam Johnson had 13. He just opens the floor for everyone, and it just like feels different um, with the Phoenix Suns, and that's what he's just gonna continue to do all season long. He may not have the most godly stats. I mean, he's getting up during age. He wants to get as many people as he can involved and just be that four general. And I can just see that happening. I, I just not. I, I don't think Chris Paul is probably gonna have like an All Star type year as he did last year. But you know, fourteen points a game, maybe seven assists, maybe a steal and a half or so. But he just opens up um, everything for everyone. I could see that happening throughout this season, and I think like that's what he's just gonna really do. Um, as that point guard, and maybe he may not have as like better like that much better stats than Ricky Rubio, but I think he'll change the culture of this team. And in that win over Dallas, you could tell like his impact already, even with the low stats. So I have Chris Paul on my nice list. Let's move on to the first player on my naughty list, and we're gonna have to go with Lamelo Ball here. I mean, seeing him versus the Toronto Raptors in the preseason. He had his flaws, but the good thing about his um, flaws is that they were matched by highlights, whether it's behind the back passes, whether it's full court passes. If you look at those on sports that you would tell that maybe he, had, yes, he has um, some promise, but it hides a lot of his deficiencies. But last, his first game of the regular season, he couldn't hide those deficiencies, man. I mean, there's just no highlights from him in that game because it was just honestly a truly a terrible game for him. Zero points, one rebound, three assists, three turnovers in 15 minutes. Rough day for LaMelo Ball. I mean, there's no need to re overreact, but even though this is what this whole segment is about, but that game was a yikes. That was just a yikes. And hopefully he could just go through these scoring pains, you know, because I think he'll figure things out. I mean, he's coming off the bench still. Terry Rozier, that game had like 42 points, and they still ended up losing to the Cavaliers. But I just think that it's just been like a rough start. And. People want to look at the highlights and say, like, you know, there's some promise. And I'm not saying there isn't. I still think that Mobile is going to be a really good player. But you're going to have to accept these growing pains with him. That he's going to have to, like, kind of figure um, stuff out, get used to being around his teammates, you know, to this NBA level. And I'm just going to talk about rookies more in general later because he's not going to be the only one who's going to be having through the struggles. And hopefully, like, you know, people are a bit, you know, not too harsh on the kid because... It's been a rough offseason for a lot of these guys, and this work experience is, is different from, like, a lot of others. So hopefully we can give him a break, but at the same time, after game one, that was really, really rough. I mean, like I said, if there was, like, some sort of highlight there, it would be easy to mask it, but there just wasn't any of that. So, yeah, my first player in my naughty list is Lomelo Ball. Let's go back to the nice list, and someone else I have on the nice list here are the Indiana Pacers. And mostly because of the fact is a lot of um, pundits, a lot of um, people who talk about sports are underrating this team really a lot, including myself, let's be honest. I mean, in my Eastern Conference predictions, I had them coming seventh, but they had a really good game against the Knicks. I know it's the Knicks, but, you know, Oladipo, 22 points that game, um, Miles Turner, eight blocks, and then people like Demontis Sabonis scoring 32 points, like another double-double for Sabonis. It was a, just a really good game, and I think a lot of people are just underrating this team. Same roster from last year, and they have a bunch of just solid NBA players. TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, 
like I said, Sabonis, Oladipo, and Turner. Along with just like a good bench, you know, the Holiday Brothers and Jeremy Lamb as well. I just think they're like a really good up and down roster. And not a lot of people are just giving them enough credit. I mean, they're just a good team up and down. And I and some people had them go like out of the playoffs, which is absolutely bonkers in my opinion. I could see them like su- um, surprising a lot of people and getting maybe the fourth or fifth seed this year. And I wouldn't be surprised just because, you know, this team, good coach, um, very well coached, um, with bringing in Nate Bjorkren. And then they just have a really good up and down roster. So if I'm going to use this for anything, it's just, you know, beware of the Pacers. This is a, a good team. Maybe not a great team, but they but they made it to the fifth seed, fourth seed last year for a reason. And let's be honest, they're just a good team. And not a lot of people are giving them the respect that they deserve. So I have them on, on my nice list. I have the Indiana Pacers, you know, as one of those teams where they're just not getting enough love. But I'm definitely going to be showing them some love here. Let's move on to the next person on my naughty list, and it's another team, and this time we're going to be talking about the Chicago Bulls, because I really do think there's going to be another loss year for them, especially in that game against the Atlanta Hawks. I just saw no motivation, none whatsoever. They just let the Hawks get everything they wanted, especially Trey Young. I mean, he went 10 for 12, 37 points, 7 assists. This guy just got everything he wanted, and it just like really just did feel like the Bulls are just staying still and there's just no improvement in that team like even in the preseason i talked about i don't like that white levine backcourt none of them are like really good i mean like are, are like specialists on the passing end and they're just two like score first mentality type players and having both of them in the backcourt kind of rough in my opinion i mean damon mccollum hadn't made it work but mccollum is so good off ball i mean who of these guys are going to be really good off ball i really don't see it and let's be honest, I mean, last year, the Chicago Bulls, they had some expectations with them. They had Atlanta hype, um, Atlanta Hawks type um, expectations. Like, you know, they were, they should have taken the next step, but they didn't. And now the Hawks have made these moves, and they are the one who, this year, who has the expectations. And they came out this first game, and they worked really good. And uh, honestly, the Bulls should have been competing with them, but they just couldn't compete. And that's why I have them on the naughty list. They just look like it's just going to be another lost season. And for Bulls fans, they're probably just waiting for the lottery and hoping they get, you know, a top three, top one pick so they can bring in like a Kate Cunningham or something. Because right now, ugh, it's looking really tough for the Chicago Bulls. Let's move on to another team on the nice list. And we're going to be talking about the Pelicans. It hurts for me to talk about them because they really did trash my Toronto Raptors, especially in that second half. But there's just a lot of good things to like about this team. Zion Williams had a had foul trouble early. I mean, he I think he had third, three fouls with like 10 minutes left in the second quarter. But the Pelicans made it work still. Bledsoe and Lonzo combined for eight three-pointers, which was surprising to me. And they were just able to carry, like, you know, keep them in it. Excuse me, carry that offensive load for a little bit. And in the second half, Brandon Ingram, you know, um, just continued on like his, like, really good... Um, run of play like, carried over from last year. I mean, oh, and a near triple double. He almost had his first triple double of his career. Twenty four points, nine rebounds, um, ten rebounds, nine assists. He had a really good game himself. And you know, this team just like just throughout. Whether it's JJ Reddick coming off the bench, you know, I think he scored like sixteen points as well. Whether it's Steven Adams who actually played really well against the Toronto Raptors, they just have a really good up and down roster. And I've talked about this team. I mean. They just they have a really good roster, but I was just worried about the fit. And after game one, I've seen like you know, 
if Lonzo Ball can improve that three ball, if Eric Bledsoe can, maybe they can, you know, put in some, um, they could be better than I expect. Because I had him going 10th, but let's be honest, they have the talent to be, you know, 8, 7 maybe at the, but there's just still so many question marks. And like I said, I'm overreacting, even though it's been one game. But I think that this team is a sneakily good team in the West. And West teams have to be aware of this team, like, because Zion, Williams, Zion Williamson, if he can get out of foul trouble, he's going to be in the game and he's going to play really well. And along with those like other pieces around him, like I said, Brandon Ingram, um, their two-headed guard, their two monster at the guard position with Bledsoe and Ball. And they have the defensive capabilities to stuff to, and stuff to play well. So if they just continue to um, gel together, maybe make things work. Hopefully Zion works on his fouling issues. But this team could really like maybe make some noise in the playoffs um, this season. So just keep an eye out for them. I have them on my nice list. Let's move on to another team on the naughty list. And I'm going to be talking about the Portland Trailblazers. I was hyping these guys up, you know, um, really highly, especially in the preseason picks. I think I had them like fourth or fifth in the West. And they really just came out and laid an egg in their first game. Because like I was hyping them up. I was ready for them to, to put in work. But they just couldn't stop the Utah Jazz. I mean, I was convinced that they were going to get better defensively. But they just got shot. Pure, pure, pure and simple. I mean, they had allowed seven guys to go over ten points. Seven guys in double figures for the Utah Jazz. And their leading score was Rudy Gobert. I mean, that was like one of the really unfortunate things. They just got destroyed by Rudy Gobert. And on the offensive end, I mean, you saw, like, Robert Covington only had one point, And Dame really couldn't get into a groove. I think he went to, like, nine points, four for 12 shooting. It was just a really bad game in general for them. But like I said, I think this is, um, I'm overreacting to this type of stuff. And I think this is maybe a small blip on the radar. Hopefully they'll recover. But from what I've seen from that first game, it was, it was kind of rough for the Portland Trailblazers. And you could just say, like, the opposite for the Utah Jazz. I mean, they're kind of like the Pacers in the West in the sense where they have basically the same team as they did last year, but teams are really ranking them lower because the teams around them got better. But there's a thing, and the Raptors have shown us this throughout the decade, just that continuity, staying together, um, really improves the team. And I think that really does, um, that is really the case for teams like the Pacers and the Utah Jazz. And they showed that in game one. They both played really well. Um, Utah, especially, you know, um, deciding Rudy Gobert to that massive extension and him coming out playing like that, it's really good. It's really good, and I think that they can still, you know, make some noise in the playoffs if teams aren't paying attention, and they really showed that in game one against the Trailblazers, so good win for them, but I had to put the Trailblazers on the naughty list for really just um, going against my expectations. That was a rough game for them. So that was my naughty and nice list. Leave your comments down below whether you agree or disagree with them. Or even shoot me a DM and we can just talk some basketball. But yeah, we're going to move on from the naughty and nice list. And we're going to be moving on to another Christmas segment. Where I'm going to be giving some gifts to some NBA teams that need it. Or maybe some players. But I just, um, I just like, I'm basically going to be sad in this case. And I'm going to be, like, giving out some gifts to some of these teams or players that really need it. So let's get right into this. And we're going to be st um, starting with the Golden State Warriors and Stephen Curry. And my gift to them is just more shooting. Because game one against the 
um, Brooklyn Nets was rough, really rough. They lost like 125 to 99. And, you know, there's some bright spots. I mean, Steph had a double-double, 20 points, 10 assists. James Wiseman had 19 points in his NBA debut, which is good. But the others, man, the others just could not get involved. They just couldn't hit shots. When you see people like Andrew Wiggins, who only scored, I think, like 12 points in that game on really bad shooting percentages, like, that was just a rough outing for him. I mean, he had open shots, but he just wasn't able to hit it. Even Kelly Oubre, I mean, you, you look at the highlights and you're like, man, Kelly Oubre actually, you know, showed out. Nope, he had six points, three for 14 shooting. Really rough day for Kelly Oubre as well. And this Warriors team is starting to maybe worry me a little bit because Steph really did try. But is he going to be enough? I mean, no. yes, there was no Draymond Green in this game. But is he going to be enough to... Um, bring this team to like the sixth seed, which I predicted, and I don't know. That's why like I want to give them shooting because Steph Curry is like kicking it out to these shooters, whether it's Wiggins, whether it's Bazemore, whether it's Ubre, and they're just not converting. And I don't, and I think that's gonna be something that's gonna be a theme throughout the season because without Clay Thompson, I mean, they're like who is their second best shooter? I don't know. I really don't. And I really want to give him the shooting because this team is just not built for, like, like other Warriors teams. And if this doesn't, like, change quick, I think it's going to be a really long season for them. So, yes, um, Santa TV here wants to give them some shooting. Maybe sprinkle in some Davis Bertans. I know he's not going to leave, but, you know, something like that for that team because they're really going to need it. They're going to need Draymond Green back first, first but... Shooting next, man. Shooting next. They really need to get some shooting back on their roster. The next team I want to give a gift to is the Toronto Raptors. And I want to just give them someone like on the inside to give them a better inside presence. Because I think the Toronto Raptors are still a really good team. They have the perimeter threats in Van Vliet, Larry, Siakam, and all that. But the inside presence is lacking. Defense was absolutely porous in that second half, in the second half um, in the game versus the Pelicans. And they were out-rebounded by 10 in that game. And we knew this was going to be a case. I mean, they they lost out, lost um, Gasol to the Lakers and Ibaka to the Clippers. So, And although I did like the recovery and bringing back someone like an Aaron Baines, and, and I was happy for Chris Boucher to have a shot, they just are just not Gasol and Ibaka. Let's be completely honest here. And... For the Raptors, I would love to just drop someone in there like a Miles Turner, who I think would be really useful to, for that team. But it's just like a, I think this is something that's just going to be a theme for the Raptors. I mean, the inside presence is going to be very lacking compared to last year. And I think they're still like, you know, their perimeter um, players are good enough to kind of make up for that a little bit. But I still think it's going to be something that they're going to have problems with throughout the year. I think a lot of their a lot of games this year is going to be decided by them whether they can hit the three or not. I mean, let's be honest. That was the case in this game. I mean, they scored zero threes in the third quarter, and that's what opened the game wide open for the Pelicans for them to win. And I like like I said, I wish I could just drop someone like a mouse under there to really help out their um, front line, but but it's just like something that they're gonna have to deal with for the rest of the season. I wish I can give them something like that, but 
you know, they're going to have, if they want to make that type of move, they're going to have to, you know, trade some pieces away. And I don't know, like, what's going to be, like, what type of package to bring in someone in, like, a Miles Turner. But the Raptors, they really need help on the inside. And hopefully, you know, Baines gets better at it. Maybe Boucher um, just needs to settle into his role. But I think that's just going to be a problem that the Raptors are going to have throughout the season. Let's move on to my final gift. And this one's going to be kind of different. My final gift I want to give out to the NBA family is to just all NBA rookies. I want to get them a get-out-of-jail-free card here. And that's because, you know, the rookies have unfortunately had to be put into a season like where they have a very shortened training camp, a very shortened preseason, and no summer league, and no offseason to, you know, get um, involved with the team and all that. They didn't have any of that. So they're basically being thrown into the fire, you know. The draft happened just last month, and they're now playing their first NBA games. So this experience for a rookie is a lot different from um, from, uh, from other seasons because they really cannot, like, they have, like, a small room for error compared to, like, other years and stuff like that. So expect these rookies to struggle a lot in the beginning. But as fans, as pundits, let's please not judge them after six weeks. We need to give them time here. They didn't have the time in the offseason to be, you know, acclaimed with the team and stuff like that. And they're going to have to figure things out on the fly, which is uh, already, like, you know, we criticize this draft class for not being as good as, like, other draft classes. But now mixing with the fact that they have to go through these struggles, I think it's something that we have to, you know, take some time with. Be patient with them. And hopefully they'll get better throughout the season. But let's not, like, you know, make, like, early assumptions, like, you know, with six weeks in and stuff like that. Because they're gonna they're going through, like, a different type of struggle that past rookies have have and you just have to be patient with it to be completely honest and hopefully they do do well but as fans we have to be patient i mean i talked about the mobile ball earlier that could be something that could carry over for the next few weeks but we just have to be patient with it and just hope these guys get better you know throughout and um just get used to like the nba style like through an unconventional method so yeah, that's just my final gift. Just get these guys a get out of free of jail free card, at least for this season. I mean, I just want them to like have like a fair chance. Let's be honest. So yeah, those are my gifts. Um, if you have any gifts you want to give these NBA players or teams, leave it down in the comment section below. But yeah, let's move on to our final Christmas segment, and I'm calling this my NBA wish list. This is for me. I'm not giving any gifts. I'm not putting anyone on the naughty or nice list. This is my personal wish list for this upcoming NBA season. Um, leave down in the comment section like what is your biggest wishes for this NBA season. But let's get into my wish list. And we're going to be talking first about the Western Conference Finals. And I hope, I really hope this is the year we finally get the Clippers-Lakers Conference Finals. Because Game 1 this year was actually really entertaining again. And they proved to us, even last year, that their confrontations together are probably some of the best in the league. But the Clippers effed it up last year when they lost to Denver, so we weren't able to get that. But now with a year fairly underneath them, I think that the Clippers are going to, you know, come back, play really good this year, and prove that they are, like, part of the upper echelon of the NBA. Because we know the Lakers are going to be there. Once they get their footing into the season, they're going to go back to the Lakers of old. And I still think they're, like, top, you know, contenders just in the league. I think they're just, like, head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of title contention. I think at this point, you have both the most talented teams in the West 
they're gonna have to face each other at some point in the playoffs. I think that this year is finally the year. So hopefully, as an NBA fan, we finally get that conference finals matchup or just any matchup between them in the playoffs this year. My next wish list for this year is a team I want to make the playoffs, but um, in my predictions, I had them like right outside the play-in tournament. And that is the Minnesota Timberwolves, man. I want to make the playoffs. And a lot of that has to do with what Cat has been dealing with. I mean, he's been saying in interviews how um, since April 13th, like he's kind of been a different man. Like he's like really, like his whole world is turned upside down with all those COVID deaths that had happened in his family. He lost his mom this year. It's been a really rough year for Carl Anthony Towns, and I really do feel for him. I really do feel bad, and this is like um, something that has sadly been a common theme for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, when Flip Saunders was a head coach, I mean he died in the middle of the season, which was highly, you know, highly sad. You know, one of the great, um, a really good coach, and the Timberwolves family lost him a few years ago, and now they're being coached by his son. And now the stuff that's happening with Carl Anthony Towns this year, you know, highly, highly unfortunate. And this puts a, you know, to perspective, you know, a lot of people talk about how they're not being like affected by this pandemic, you know, directly. But you see like um, situations like Cat, you know, losing a lot of family members and he's been really hit hard with the pandemic. So, you know, just trying to, you know, be empathetic to a situation like his. So... Yeah, I just wish, like, you know, he would make the playoffs, you know, do it for his mom, do it for his family. And I want that to be backed up by another amazing cat season. Um, he hasn't, like, made the playoffs as the number one guy. I talked about in the past, when the Timberwolves made the playoffs, that was Jimmy Butler's team. And I really want the Timberwolves to, you know, at least even make the play-in game with Cat as the number one option. And just for him to have a good year. I really think that basketball has been an escape for a lot of people. And for a long time, I think it's been the same for Cat. So hopefully he plays really well this year, you know, does it for his family. I really just want to see the Timberwolves make the playoffs, on, especially under his great play. And then my final wish on on the wish list is a completed NBA season. We've seen what's happening with the Houston Rockets and kind of the early season blunder that they had. I just don't want it to spread throughout the NBA. I really don't. You know, we're asking a lot for these teams to enforce these procedures. And it seems like it's going to be harder than we initially thought. But, you know, through all this, you know, I hope that players understand kind of the magnitude of all this. They were able to do it in the bubble. Hopefully they could do it here for this NBA season. Obviously, with the traveling and, traveling and everything, it's going to be a lot harder. But I just want to see at the end, we crown a champion. Hopefully we have some fans back in the stands. And I just hope that we can go through this, you know, with um, players complying, you know, not breaking quarantine, all these, you know, and breaking these rules. And I just want to get to the end of this NBA season. Same thing as last year. I just want this NBA season to to be completed and for us to, you know, watch some good basketball in the process. So hopefully we have some um, less cases, but I also just hope that, you know, the season just still goes relatively smoothly because... It's been a kind of a rough start, but I do think um, the NBA will figure this thing out. So yeah, that is my wish list. Like I said, leave down in the comment section below of this or my Instagram post. What is like your biggest wish list, um, biggest wish for this NBA season? And yeah, I just hope we can get this done. Before we end off today's episode, we have to talk about some of these Christmas Day games because there's a pretty stacked schedule. And for those who love the tradition... 
even this year we're having the tradition back so yeah five back-to-back games we're going to be going through each of them and at the end i'm going to be having my game of the weekend and i'm going to be just talking about like what my pick is for that so yeah let's get right into it let's start with the first game of the day the new orleans pelicans taking on the miami heat 12 p.m eastern i think it's gonna be a really exciting matchup and in my opinion and this may be an unpopular opinion I think in terms of just talent on these rosters, I think both teams are comparable. I really do in terms of talent. The only difference is the Heat have proved that their talent works well together and they can make it far. Where the Pels are still in the mix, in the midst of just trying to prove that to the rest of the league. I would take the Heat in this situation, but I could see Zion having his Christmas Day moment and having a monstrous type of game. He had a good game against Toronto, but it could have been better, especially if he wasn't in foul trouble earlier in the game. But, yeah, especially if he does well against the defending Eastern champs, I think that could, like, really, like, um, set him up for a really good season. And on Miami side of things, I hope they put up a better performance than they did against the Orlando Magic. Obviously, it's, a you know, like a hangover from the NBA um, Finals thing. Kind of with the Lakers, you know, they both came out kind of flat. It's like they really didn't care about Game 1. So, hopefully, in this Christmas Day game, the... He'd come out better, you know, Jimmy Butler puts on a good performance, same thing with Hero and all of them. But I still think it's going to be a really fun game, especially with the way the Pelicans shown they're able to play. I think it's going to be a really, really fun matchup. Let's move on to the second game of the day, and we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors versus the Milwaukee Bucks at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. I would be a lot more excited for this game if I, haven't seen that, if I hadn't seen that horrible performance by the Warriors on Tuesday. I think the Bucks completely outmatched them. And although I would take the Bucks, I mean, hopefully we just see some sort of like magical step performance to, you know, hopefully keep it competitive. I mean, I don't think that the Warriors are going to play as bad as they did on Tuesday. But they're going to need like a lot more help for Steph, um, especially coming from players like Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. They're going to need to um, help them out more, especially on the offensive end. And hopefully they keep it close, but I would have to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is a game where, although you would see some really good players, I think it's something that you could probably skip out on, especially because if you're going to pick and choose which games you want to watch, I think this is one of those games you can miss out on. Like Honestly, I would be a lot more interested in the Miami Heat versus New Orleans game. Maybe it's just me, but hopefully Steph can like have some monstrous game and you know keep it close. Let's hope, especially if you're watching this game live now this game this game is very interesting we have two of the top teams in the east we have the brooklyn nets versus the boston celtics at 5 p.m eastern um gobsmack right in the middle of the day i think it's gonna be really exciting just because these these teams might face each other in the playoffs obviously they have the history especially with that massive trade they did back in 2013 i think that brooklyn has a better team but um on paper but the celtics have that chemistry They've played with each other for years at this point. And both teams look really good in their first outings. And it's going to be really tough for me to see, you know, who comes out victor here. Is it going to be the, the superstar duo of Katie and Kyrie? Or is it going to be, you know, um, Tatum and Brown? Because they beat the Raptors last year on Christmas Day. Will they be able to put the, a do it against the Brooklyn Nets? I think the Nets pulled off, honestly. I really do. Um, the fact that the Celtics don't have the Walker to help, you know, match Kyrie Irving in terms of production, especially from that guard position, is going to be massive. And I think that Kyrie Irving, I could just see him having another masterful performance in this matchup. 
I think he's going to have a really good game, and I think he's going to be the one to like lead all scorers um, that day. And I think that he's going to have just a really, really nice performance. And he's going to be the reason why the Nets pull out their second victory of the season. Yes, KD is there, but I really think that um, the Celtics are going to make him a main priority to try and stop. But they still have Kyrie. They still have those other guys on their team, and I expect him to play really well. So in this third game, I do have Brooklyn winning, but this game is going to be one of those games where you're going to have to put on some popcorn, you know, have the family um, sit around the couch because this is going to be a really entertaining one. Let's move on to this um, to the nightcap, um, the first night game, and we're going to be talking about the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Los Angeles Lakers in the 8 p.m. start. This game is going to be really intriguing just because it's a battle of the present versus the future. Um, Luka Doncic, who's going to be the future of the NBA for sure, taking on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. The Lakers look like a better team on paper, but I can definitely feel a huge Luka game brewing. And in the end, you know, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't see the Lakers losing their first two games of the season. Especially a team without Kristaps Porzingis, I think it's just not going to be as competitive as we would hope for. Especially, um, especially I think it would be a lot more competitive if Kristaps was there. But I still think the Lakers are going to um, get the win. But don't be surprised if it's going to be a close one. I mean, Luka shows up for the big moments. And this is one of his first Christmas Day game, uh, his first like major regular season game. I could see him putting on a big time performance. And you know it's gonna be interesting to see like how again like how his like his periphery teammates do help him. Josh Richardson had a pretty good first outing for them. Um, see other people like hopefully try to help him out like Tim Hardaway Jr. and stuff. I really wish Porzingis was here to make it a bit more competitive, but I could just see just another LeBron classic type game near triple double. Helped him get the win with Anthony Davis, you know, chipping in like a 24 and 12 type game as well. So um, I think it will be competitive. It could be very well possibly another blowout as well if the Lakers are just on at that game. But I see another LeBron classic type game to get them the win. Now we're going to have to go for my match of the weekend. Because we're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Denver Nuggets. Right now in my match of the week slash match of the weekend... I am 0-1-1. I thought that the um, Warriors would cover the spread, plus 7 against the Brooklyn Nets, and they got destroyed by 26. So I was completely off here. Um, in this game, the Clippers are the betting favorites, minus 2.5. And I think the Denver Nuggets, again, I'm taking the underdog here, but they had a really rough first game. They had that game winner debacle with the Sacramento Kings, you know, Nicole Jokic turns the ball over at five seconds left, and the Kings win on a buzzer-beating tip-in. I really wish there was a better reaction from the Nuggets announcers, but it's the bias and everything, but it was just felt so anticlimactic. But I don't think the Nuggets want to start off the season 0-2. And with the Clippers, you know, the Nuggets know, have figured out the Clippers. I mean, it's maybe different this year. Maybe the Clippers are more motivated to try and beat them. But I do think that the Nuggets you know, have that psyche advantage against the LA Clippers and maybe the Clippers can get it, you know, fix it up throughout the season. Right now, I think that the Nuggets, you know, especially after that heartbreaking first loss and that rough first game for Jamal Murray, that they're going to just be motivated to bounce back and seeing that, you know, they want to prove that they're like, that that um, series win was not a fluke. I think they're going to come out hella focused 
And I could see, you know, big games coming from Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray. Um, I think that the Clippers um, have a good chance of winning it as well. Um, but I just think that um, having two, you know, massive wins to start the season is going to be really rough because you have two, like, top teams in the West that they have to face. They beat the Lakers. It's going to be tough for them to beat the Nuggets. It really is going to be. But I want to, like, really bound the fact that the Nuggets are going to feel motivated not to go start the season 0-2. So, yeah, I have the Nuggets, you know, covering um, plus 2.5. I actually think they're going to actually win this game and provide the upset. So, hopefully the Nuggets get their first win. Hopefully I can get my first win in this match of the weekend. But, yeah... I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Um, remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for some great content. Hope you all have a fantastic Christmas. Again, thank you all for your support for this year. I'm going to have um, one more episode before the new year, including my New Year's resolution. So watch out for that, which is coming on Monday. And yeah, I really want to thank all you guys for all your support, all the friends I've made and through podcasting and stuff like that on Instagram, on YouTube. I really do appreciate y'all. And just watch out for another great year of content. And I hope you guys can tell your friends, tell people you know, get into this account and just help and just join me on this journey of just, you know, just talking about basketball going throughout this NBA season. Again, thank you guys so much for reaching on 2,000 downloads. I was at like under 300 back in March and the growth here has been absolutely crazy. I really do appreciate all you guys. And again, have a Merry Christmas. Spend some time with your families. Hope you all are having a, a, a happy holidays and just enjoy some NBA basketball, man. Just enjoy it. And I'm going to be back on Monday with another podcast. So hope you guys enjoy your holidays. I'm going to go out and enjoy my holidays. And yeah, I think this is where we're going to end things. Thank you guys for all the support. And I hope you all have, again, fantastic holidays. TV signing out. Take it easy, guys. Peace.